God, it's a privilege, O oh Lord, to be here, to gather with one another. And in one accord, to lift up your name and we thank God for the praises. Lord, as your work comes forth, let it come forth with power and anointing of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I that you speak through me, O oh Lord, unto your children comfortably in the name of Jesus. Lord, I yield my vocal call to you that you speak through me. I will not speak my words, but your counsel alone. Holy Spirit, help us to take heed to the word that you want to speak to us. O Lord, and to be better Christian from today, in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, has laid my heart to share with you a topic as based on the life of Christ himself. Call it Christ-likeness. Christ-likeness. Having the mind of Christ. That's the topic, Christ-likeness. And our main test will be from 1st John chapter 3 2 to 3 let us read it together 1st John chapter 3 2 to 3 this voice says Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Verse 3 says, and every man that had this hope in him purified himself even as he is pure. Amen. Amen. Then another passage we'll read Galatians chapter 4, verse 19. It's Apostle Paul writing to the Galatians. The church in Galatia and also to us today. Say, my children, my little children, of whom I travel in birth again until Christ be formed in you. Take note of that expression. My little children, of whom I travel in birth again until Christ be formed in you. These were already born again Christians. Why I say again there is that look, first of all, as you were unbelievers, I travail that the Lord will open your eyes that you know God. Thank God you have not known God. But again, I'm traveling for you until Christ be formed in you. Amen. Amen. That's the cruise of the matter. Christ-likeness. We want to be like Christ. We want to be as Jesus. 
as Jesus was in this world and is, so are we. He was the light of the world and is the light of the world, so are we the light of the world. We can't be any different. He's our master. So he's our mentor, he's our standard, and his character should be our goal. We are going to sing a song, and this song says, I surrender all to him. Please, can you put it up? Yes. All to Jesus, I surrender. Can we sing it? One, two, go. foundation is 2nd Corinthians 3 verse 18. 2nd Corinthians 3:18. It says, But we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory even as by the spirit of the Lord. Being born again is just the beginning of the journey of the Christian life. We need 
to be filled with the Holy Spirit and be led by the Spirit. If we are led by the Spirit, then are we the sons of God. Those who are led by the flesh, who are controlled by their flesh, they are carnal Christians. And the Bible says that the carnal man can never please God. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Amen. Amen. So we should seek to be led by the Spirit of God so that we conform to the image of Jesus Christ. And as we grow in Christ, we begin to change into his likeness. There's one song that says, From glory to glory is changing me, changing me, changing me. Change to the likeness of God and his son. He's changing, changing me. He's changing, he's changing me. Change to his likeness eternally. Change to the glory of God and his son. He's changing, changing me. That scripture is actually from 2 Corinthians 3.18. He's changing you. He's working on you right now. If you allow him, you, you will be better than what you were yesterday. You are not where you're supposed to be right now, but you are better than what you were yesterday. Amen. Amen. So there's some growth and there's some hope. That one day will become like Christ. It's changing you, it's changing me. Christ likeness is a call to total commitment to the true and living God under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Total commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. In Ephesians 4 11 to 13, we are told the ultimate purpose of God is to see his children mature unto a perfect man into the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That's God's purpose for you. You may think God's purpose for me is to become a, a, a notable lawyer, a medical doctor, a physician. That's as far as this world is concerned, your career. That's good. That can't just be God's purpose for you. It's beyond that. God's purpose for you is to, for you to know him, to conform to the image, to the conform to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That's it. If you didn't know it before, know it now and pursue that purpose. Amen. Holy Spirit is there to help you. And that is why you have the Holy Spirit. So Apostle Paul was addressing the church in Galatia. He said, my little children. He said, once again, I'm traveling. You know, so that Christ be formed in you. When Christ is formed in you, it means you become matured. It means you become Christ-like. Similarly to GMI Church, God's purpose for you, God's wish and desire for you is that Christ be formed in you. I'm not saying you're not born again, no. but in case you are here, you are not born again, you better get it right before it's too late. You need to be born again. Except you might be born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Not to talk of entry in. So that's the foundation. Have you been born again? You now grow in Christ. And like Apostle Peter said, until Christ be formed in you. We get this uh, message clearer when we consider 
conception in the womb. A man and a woman, they meet. There is fertilization. The embryo begins to, to form from nothing, from shapelessness. Begin to form, begin to form. Tattoo weeks, three weeks, four weeks. Changes are taking place. Just visualize the embryo de- development until the child matures and is ready to be birthed nine months. Just take your mind back to the womb. We all conceive like that. Praise the Lord. So, just like the formless embryo changes from one degree to another, and then later on begin to get shape, the head begins to form and all other parts of the body, and eventually a full human being is formed and is ready to come into this world. That is how our Christian life should be. If we allow the Holy Spirit who help us and begin to grow from glory to glory until we come to that level of maturity that God desires for you and me in Jesus' name. Yes. So, as this journey takes place, we decrease and Christ increases in us. Just like John the Baptist. When John the Baptist was introducing himself, he said, look, don't liken me to this man that is coming. Even the latchet of his shoes, I'm not able, I'm not able to even tie it. He will, I will decrease while he will increase. That should be a hard cry if we want Christ to be formed in us. The me, me factor that is controlling me now, the flesh, the flesh, Mr. Man, Mr. Flesh, you must be crucified in me in Jesus' name. Yeah. And the Spirit of God will grow and take supremacy in my life. That's my objective. That's my wish. That's my desire. And I also wish you the same. Amen. Yeah. So that we can become like Christ. Don't easily give up and say, Oh, Christ is God now. Jesus Christ is God. That is why he was able to behave like that. No, don't take it like that. Because the apostles that took over after Christ, they also showed Christ-likeness. We are going to see as we go on. So the forming of Christ is the outward expression of the inner nature God gives us by grace at the new birth. In Romans chapter 12, verse 1, we are told this. There is an entry today, Paul beseeching the children of God. Let's see, Romans 12, verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Beseech comes from a Greek word, parakelo, parakelo which means to urge or to make an appeal, to earnestly ask, to plead with. I beg of you, in other words, to entreat. That word beseech me. I entreat you, I beseech you, I plead with you, I beg of you. To do what? Present your body as a living sacrifice. Then verse 2 says, you should not be conformed to this world. So the problem we have really 
that the church had generally is conformity with the world. And possibly say we should not be conformed to this world. So rather having realized the condition of the church, God is saying to you and me that we should not be conformed to the world, but be renewed by the word of God that we hear day by day. We hear this word of God through radio, through television, even on social media, media, we hear the word of God, we read it, we study it. Let it transform you. Let it do something. Otherwise, you just be like somebody looking at the mirror. You go to a corner, take your mirror, and begin to look at your face like we did this morning. Everybody did. I did. Men do. Yeah. Look at your face and see whether there's any speck there. If there is, you remove. Make sure you're okay. But assuming you look at the mirror, and the mirror say, oh, there is one dot there, there is a speck there. And you don't do anything about it. You remain the same and it will appear as if the mirror is useless. You have made it useless because the mirror has told you that there is some spot, there is some wrinkle that needs to be got rid of and you refuse to do something about it. But it shouldn't be so with you in Jesus' name. As we hear the word of God, the word of God will cleanse us, purify us, rebuke us, teach us and correct us. And we should be ready to take correction from day to day so that we can grow unto Christ's likeness. Amen. So we are to present our body as living sacrifices. The sacrifice of old in the Old Testament, they were not living. They had to be killed. But you are alive and God said, make yourself a living sacrifice. And this appeal is to every one of us from young to the old. Amen? It is volitional. It is from you. It is God doesn't compel anybody to do anything. If you find that when we are witnessing, we are preaching to people, we don't compel them. You must believe. Why must I believe? You don't must not believe. But you present the gospel to them and let them make up their mind if they will accept the gospel that you are presenting. So it's volitional. And you cannot do it for me. I cannot do it for you. Amen? Yes. So the first step in being transformed from the glory of God is to take it to the word of God. Be transformed from glory to glory. Take it to the word of God through reading, through studying, through listening, through meditating and all. Just like God told Joshua in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 that you meditate upon the word of God day and night. When you begin to do that, you become like what you read, the word of God. And Jesus Christ, the word of God. Amen. The process demands our willing cooperation with the Holy Spirit, requires divine power and our human responsibility. It's not just one way. Oh, say God has all power. He will change me to his likeness. Good. Say good belief. That's on God's part, divine responsibility. So long as you have that desire, God will make it possible. But there's a responsibility that you have as an individual to respond to the leading of the Holy Spirit, to the prompting of the Holy Spirit in every area of your life so that you grow unto Christ's likeness. We want to be like Christ. Total surrender to God. That is what is demanded. Total freedom from sin. And then our spiritual growth. When Jesus called Levi, Levi was a custom official in the Bible. If you read Mark chapter 2, verse 14, you get it. 
He was collecting taxes. That was his duty. Custom, sorry, custom officer. But when Jesus called him, he said, come. No, that's why I just walked in there. Walked in. He said, come, follow me. Without any preparation, come, follow me. Did Levi agree to follow Jesus? Yes, he did. He followed immediately without looking back. In the Old Testament, there was a man called Elisha. Elisha was Mr. Nobody, but Elijah, we all know. But God told Elijah that he should put his mantle upon Elisha and make him to be his servant. And that's exactly what he did. So he just saw him. He was flying, was taking care of his sheep. And then uh, suddenly, there appeared Elijah. Took his mantle, put it upon him. And the guy understood that this means a call to servanthood. It's a call on me to follow him as a prophet of God. And he didn't look back. In fact, what he did is uh, exemplary. The sheep was taken care of. He killed the best among them and fizzled with the community. And the people around say, yes, let's celebrate. I'm now leaving this trade. I'm now leaving this profession. I'm going to follow my master, Elijah. That's what he did. He bought all the plowshares, the wooden frame with which they controlled the animals. No, he bought them all. And that is significant. It's like burning the bridge back to Egypt. When we give our life to Christ, we must be ready to do that and never to look back to the world. Some of us are tempted to go back to what we left behind. What to say, oh, uh, since I knew Jesus, I forsook this, I gave up this, I gave up that, I gave up that. Some of us are not tempted to go back to the same because of the pressure from the world. It ought not to be so. Amen? And that is why we are told we should not be conformed to this world, but should be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Our minds need to be renewed. When our minds are renewed, then we think like Christ. We have the mind of Christ. Before we became Christians, we just were full of ourselves. Anything the flesh dictated, anything you wanted. In fact, that's the problem with American society. That's what I've discovered personally. Who are so conscious of themselves. Me, 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 me. Mine, 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 mine. That's the problem. They don't want to yield to right of anybody. Talking about human right, my right, my right, my I know my right, I know my left, my left, my right, and all, all those kind of things. They don't want to consider anything to anybody. Right, 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 right. If there's a traffic jam and maybe one car hits another, even if there's no death, oh, you are in for it. You want to claim. Right, 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 right. No more mercy. That's the kind of society we are in. And a brother sent me a message after I had come to this place. He said, Brother John, please do not Americanize him. I didn't quite understand, but now I'm getting to understand by and by that some people have Americanized. The American spirit has taken over. Spirit of complacency. If you read the scrolls, you find it there. That's a nation full of abundance. Lord, I have plenty of this, plenty of this, plenty of that. And it's true. But are you to be proud and haughty? God rebukes that spirit. He said we should, we should repent 
We are naked, wretched, and blind, and that we should repent and come back to our first love. That's God's message to us. Amen. When Paul encountered Jesus on the way to Damascus, it was a journey of no return. He had made a U-turn completely. Never again to look back. From that very day, persecution even started for him. When God first led him to Ananias, one brother said, Go, we lay hands upon you and all that. And then Ananias, God revealed to him, God revealed to Saul. So both of them, they were on the same wavelength. But there were some there were some apostles and disciples who never knew of what change that had taken place in Paul's life or Saul's life. And so they were skeptical about accepting into the brotherhood. So God had to use certain people to like I never to come tell them that this man is a changed man. It's a changed man. Accept him. The Lord has done something. Those are the kind of miracles we want today. Change life. Stories of change life. Transformation. A complete new turn. Not going back to Egypt. Not old. Uh, Saul of yesterday, if you saw him a month after, a different Saul, in fact, his name changed. Many of us, we are still just like we were before we knew Christ. Because we are copying the world. This is how they this, this is the world standard. Are you of the world? You are not of the world. In 1 John 2, verse 15 to 17, say, we, you say the loss of the flesh, the pride of life, all those things, they are not for you. So we should know who we are, that God has called out the peculiar people. We should be different. That word peculiar means something different from the, from the, from the general. Something different. We are odd boss. Using Brown's language, odd boss. Be ready to be called an odd ball. But many of us want to compromise, want to fit in. We can't fit into everything because we are pilgrims in this world. Amen. Know who you are and maintain your status. As a child of God, and the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Jesus is our ultimate mentor. So we'll talk about different people like Paul. He counted everything he had but lost for Christ's sake. He was a powerful teacher of the law. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees, an Hebrew of Hebrews. And he laid aside his reputation as a lawyer. And he had trained under the famous Gamaliel. That's Saw for you. But what did he do to all this? He counted all but done, but lost for Christ, for the excellence. He started not to pursue excellence in Christ Jesus. That is why he said, I press on for the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. You wonder, Paul, who was actually, we saw the transformation happen on the way to Damascus, his life has changed. Was he pressing for again? Until Christ be formed in him. Hallelujah. Amen. That's what should change us. That's what should make us, you know, to conform to the image of Christ. Let's now look at our ultimate mentor, the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Amen. Amen. If we read the Gospels, we see what Jesus did. And still does it today because Jesus Christ is saved yesterday, today, and forever. Let's talk about compassion. Jesus Christ was compassionate. Amen. Uh, 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 compassion. Somebody would think, oh, maybe it's sympathy, maybe it's pity. It's more than that. It's more than empathy. That you are feeling the pain of others or something like that. When somebody is suffering, you are 
feeling as if you are suffering with that person. That's empathy. Compassion is more than that. Compassion is seeing the problem and then doing something to reverse it. Amen? Jesus did exactly just that. When he saw a woman, a widow, who had an only son, and that son died, and they were carrying that child to burial ground, no, to cemetery. Jesus Christ was moved with compassion at his own instance. Not that anybody appealed to him now. Say, look at this widow. He knew he was moved out of compassion and he raised that child back to life again. Amen. Amen. We too should have the same compassion. But when we are so full of our right, 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 where is compassion? Where is the room for compassion and mercy? Sometimes there's no room because we are so full of our rights. So we should repent of all that in Jesus' name. Amen. So Jesus Christ was compassionate. He healed the blind. You know, raised the dead. He did many things out of compassion. In Luke 7, 11 to 17, we, we see that story of the widow of Nain. How that the Lord raised that uh, son back to life. As we see him have mercy on the woman caught in adultery, we too should learn to be merciful. Not claiming right, because here is human right, 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 right. I have right to say, I'm tired of being a man, I want to be a woman. It's my right. I just like to, anything I like, I can do. That is America. May that spirit be far from us in Jesus' name. You shouldn't be an, you are an American by citizenship, but remember you are from heaven. You have dual citizenship. Amen? Amen. You should be loyal to our father over there. You are representing him here while you are an American. You are first and foremost an ambassador of Christ. So bear that in mind. As we see Jesus resist temptation to love the world. Love the world. He had some temptation to conform to the world. You know, the devil took him to a high pinnacle and said, Look, all this treasure, all this fine, fine babies, women, everything I'll give to you. If only just bow down and worship me. Ah! Jesus resisted that temptation. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Amen. He overcame. So each time you are tempted, also learn to overcome with the word of God. Be full of the word of God. It is the word of God that you store, the word of God that you meditate upon, that you study, that will come to your help in the day of trouble, the time of temptation. The Holy Spirit will bring that word life to you. You wouldn't even know how it comes up or it comes out. Amen. That's the purpose. Because sometimes you say, oh, study the word of God, the word of God, the word of God. Word of God, am I a pastor? Word of God, am I a prophet? You need it. Many are deceived today because they don't have the foundation. They have no hidden the word of God in their hearts. You know, so they are easily swayed here and there. People are deceived for lack of knowledge. The word of God is the real knowledge we need to have. Amen. In course of Jesus' ministry, you know, after he fed 5,000 people, he was moved with compassion. Let me tell you again. It was out of compassion that he said, Oh, these people have been with me for three days now. And they are not eating anything. Oh, we're going to provide food for them. But he first asked 
the disciples, where are we going to get food for these people and all that? So we need to give them food. But they were asking questions. But it's asking an impossible question. How can we get food for all this? But Jesus Christ knew the answer, but he was testing them. Nevertheless, Jesus Christ provided food for 5,000 people. 12 baskets full remaining. Amen. Amen. When the Jews saw this, they ah, this is more than the prophet. This man is doing too much. You know what came to them? Let's make this man our king. Our local king. So that, you know, we'll be worshipping him, you know, we'll be his uh, members and all that. In John chapter 6, verse 15. Let's read it. John chapter 6, verse 15. We'll see. It was a temptation. But the way to honor him. Have you ever had that kind of temptation? People want to honor you. And on the other hand, you see that there's a trap in it. That's the case here. So let's read it. You see it live from the word of God. John chapter 6, verse 15. If you are there, read, please. When Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force, that might too much, want to make you a king, fed 5,000 people who never heard this before. This is wonderful. If you want to give us food, anything, me, if he's our king, he will always be giving us food. They were thinking somehow, you know, assume mere human beings. He wanted to take him by force to make him king. He departed again into a mountain himself alone to pray. Amen. Think about that. If you were the one, there's a common palace in my place. Say, look, who they go put uh, sugar for a month? And he go vomit her, or put honey in mouth and go vomit her. What that means that look, many of us we want favor, we want recognition, we want popularity. Now it's coming to Jesus the platter of gold without the cross. Come and become king. Jesus Christ said no, and he ran away from there. Amen. There are some of you, you have been, you know, in your workplace, they, they try to give you certain things, certain privileges and all that, be this, be that, be that. But you have to be careful to know whether there's danger in it. If your have become a local king, would he become the king of kings that we're talking about today? He would have dodged the cross. Then there's no salvation, not yet about salvation, not yet about deliverance or anything. But he went all the way to Calvary. All the way to Calvary he went for me. He went for me. He went for me. All the way to Calvary he went for me. Jesus did is what I will call delayed gratification. Modern youth today, people today, they want instant gratification. In fact, what they want to be, possibly in future, they want it, if possible, today, now, now. The glory 
you know, they have seen their father maybe very successful. They are now riding very beautiful cars. And though they have achieved a lot of uh, popularity, they want to be like their father overnight without paying the price. That's the problem we have, especially with some youth today. They don't want to wait for their due time. Jesus Christ knew that there was a glory greater than just being a local champion. That is why he deferred being made a king at that time. Amen. Amen. Yes. There are some people who want to enjoy sex. God created sex. Sex is made for married people. If you are married, you have no business with sex. Here they talk about girlfriend, girlfriend, boyfriend, boyfriend here. In fact, in Nigeria, I used to wonder, what is this boyfriend? Is it that somebody you want to get married to? Is it what you call girlfriend or all that? But in Nigeria, his girlfriend is somebody you sleep with. You are not married. It's a young guy. You must have a girlfriend, boyfriend. It's a social status. Today, I found that it's like the lifestyle of a typical American. But remember, you are first and foremost a citizen of heaven. You have dual citizenship. Don't just say, I'm an American. I'm an American. You are a heavenly citizen. Amen? Amen. You remember the royal priesthood. A peculiar people. Should be zealous of good works. That's where you belong. So don't compare yourself with just the average American. Because the spiritual aspect is not there. They are full of plenty of things and all that. But the spiritual aspect you have. Because you are born again. So let's be conscious of this. Jesus all the time submitted himself to the Father's will. All that he did was to please the Father who sent him. Everything about his ministry. At 12 years old, when you know they had gone to a marriage feast at Canaan, Jesus Christ felt like he should just start off right away the, the purpose why he came to this world. So he started to discuss with the elders, the lawyers, the physicians of the day. And that one took him quite some time. So when Mary and Joseph were looking for him, they didn't see him immediately. They kept looking for him. Where is Jesus? Where is Jesus? Where is Jesus? Eventually they found him. And they asked the mother this question. Don't you know I must be about my father's business? Uh-huh. And what are you speaking of? My father's business. What is the father's business? To preach the word of God. To preach the word of God. Amen. He started even doing that. Though formerly he took off when he was 30 years old. That when he started the full ministry. But at that time, he realized that he had a mission and a goal and a purpose to fulfill. And Jesus Christ was always conscious of that. We too should be conscious of the Father's will. Not my will, but his will. So, when there is an issue... You are confused about it. Is it God's will for me to do this? In fact, before we take major decisions, we should ask for God's will. Amen. Amen. Yes, God's will, not your will. When you do that, you find that you'll be walking in line with the word of God. If we are to be Christ-like, we must die to self, to self-will, and seek always and in illustration to do our Father's will. What pleases the Master? Philippians 4 verse 8 says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are honest, whatever things are of good report, if there be any praise, if there be any virtue, think on these things. 
Because sometimes it's difficult to know, is this really God's will, what I'm about to do now? But if you examine that scripture, it will guide you in a very broad sense whether it's the Father's will. This thing I might I want to do now, will it bring glory to God? Is it just? Is it right? Is it virtuous? If a brother should hear of this, is he of good report? When you consider this parameter, you find that you always take good decision in the Father's way. May the Lord help each and every one of us in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus Christ loved the mother even when he was dying on the cross of Calvary. It was at that time, if you read John chapter 19, 26 to 27, Jesus Christ committed the, the upkeep of the mother to a trusted apostle. Say, woman, behold your son. Son, behold your mother. Jesus cared so much for the mother. Thank God we celebrated Mother's Day last, last Sunday. Actually, it's worth, they are worth celebrating all the time because they are wonderful. The love of a mother to a child is incomparable. In fact, the only thing that can be compared is the love of God to us as his own children. Amen. Oh, sacrificial love indeed. Thank God for our mothers. Jesus was and, was and is the great intercessor praying for people, praying for disciples, praying for his followers. There was a time Jesus Christ said, do not be worried. Peter, I'll pray for you. And he's still praying for us today. Amen? We too should learn to be intercessors. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 25 tells us that Jesus Christ is still interceding for us even today. That is why we are confident. No matter what comes our way, we are more than conquerors in Jesus' name. Jesus emptied himself. Imagine the, 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 the nativity. That is how Jesus came into this world. God Almighty came in the flesh. He didn't come from a palace. He didn't come through a palace. But he came through a manger where, where animals are being taken care of. That's where Jesus was born. For a purpose. His birth, his ministry, everything to teach us on the pattern of the Son of God, the life that we ought to live in this present life. Amen? Amen. That's what he did. He made himself no reputation for our sake. In fact, in 2 Corinthians 8, verse 9, he said that Jesus Christ became poor that you might become rich. Amen? Amen. Let me say this. God is saying in my heart that, look, we say in America we are very rich, and indeed we are rich. The average American is very rich. Though I'm yet to taste of that where to, <laughs> I must tell you. <laughs> now, be rich. Please don't forget your brothers and sisters who are in other countries all over the world. Amen? There are genuine children of God preaching the gospel. They are constrained. Main constraint is finances. They don't have the money. They don't have the sponsorship. You that are American, please help your brothers, help your sisters, in those areas preaching the good news. Amen? Amen. That's one way you can use your words. Instead of being proud, I have everything, I have everything, I can do anything. Please use this for the promotion of the gospel. Amen? Amen. Help the helpless, the handicapped, the orphans, and all that. Rehabilitation homes, they need your money. Open doors, they need your money to support persecuted Christians. We say we don't have persecution here. 
But the Bible says, He that must live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. If you are living godly in America, you will suffer persecution. Amen. Amen. That's the word of God. If you are living godly, but if you are a conformer, a compromiser, no persecution. So I want you to know that. 2 Timothy 3.12 tells us that you shall suffer persecution if indeed you want to be Christ-like. So it may not be imprisonment all the time. Different ways, different ways persecution comes. But brethren who are being persecuted, they are, there's open doors, USA, some organization. They help persecuted brethren. They help them with legal services, you know, to make sure some of them are free, give them food, give them clothing, give them medication and all that. Rehabilitate them, give them housing. We can be partnered with such organization since we have the money. So this is a challenge to you. What you have can be useful to God. Amen. Jesus forgave his enemies on the cross of Calvary. Remember? Why was being crucified? The Father forgave them for they do not what they do. Some of us will twist that scripture today. In fact, there's, there's somebody who said, uh, you know, those days they didn't know what they were doing. But now, people know what they are doing and they still do and offend you. Should you forgive such people? They are twisting the word of God. Forgive them for they don't know what they do. The God of this world blinded the eyes of people. That's why they cannot see like you see. They don't have the mind of Christ. Their eyes are not enlightened. And they can't reason and see like you. So forgive them. Amen. Amen. Learn to pray for those who offend you. That's what the Bible says. That's Christ's standard. He changed that law. The law of love. He changed it. He did not reform it. If you go to the book of Psalms, book of Isaiah, you see where causes are raised on enemies. I don't pray some prayers. I must tell you that. Fall down that kind of prayers. I don't pray that prayers. I don't believe it. Because Christ revised that law. You should love your enemy. Pray for them that despitefully use you. Because they are blessed spiritually. That's why they do what they do. Amen, amen. Exactly. So please, don't rationalize. They, yeah, they, seem to, they know what they are doing. They don't know. Even though you think they know what they are doing, they don't know. Otherwise, they won't do it to you. Hypocrites and pretenders in the church who pretend to be Christian, they do all things other Christians do and all that, and yet they offend people, they cause offenses. Some people, they know if they don't repent, they are going to hell. Because they are hypocrites. Like Abraham said, just a mixed multitude. We are all dead. The God-fearing, those who are generally born again, they are dead. Even those who are not born again at all, they are dead. Because they are all going to church. church. The name of church, churchianity is ready today. May the Lord deliver us from all this uh, worldliness in Jesus' name. Yes, another thing that contributes, if I may go back to what we started with, about the present day church. You know, our lifestyle will conform to the present world. The present world. This is how it's done. Why not be different? Dare to be different like Daniel. Daniel was in a strange land and he made up his mind that he was not going to, you know, compromise. He was not going to defy himself with the case with an order. Amen. Amen. So Jesus forgave his enemy, prayed for his enemy. Apostle Paul said we should do likewise in Romans chapter 12. So we should, if we want to be like Christ, we should imbibe these character traits of Christ 
and learn to live a life that is upright and God-fearing. Amen. Amen. Let us sincerely pray that we should decrease and Jesus shall increase in us in the name of Jesus. It's only then we can become Christ-like. Remember again, 1 John chapter 3, verse 3, saying, He that had this hope in him purified himself. Purified himself. Perhaps one thing that is affecting Christians generally, uh, their lifestyle, is that look, we take grace for granted or we overemphasize grace. There's what we call hyper grace mercy. Hyper. That is, you emphasize grace, grace that there's almost no worse anymore. Because I believe by grace, 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 you talk about living right. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter. It matters. You just have to get the balance, get it straight. That some people are going to extreme of hyper grace. And they take things for granted and they continue to live in sin and commit sin. Read story about Nigerian pastors. Some Nigerian pastors today see the hideous thing they are doing. And not only in Nigeria, in other parts, even in America today. In the name of Grace, 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 grace. They deliberately commit sin. But the Bible says, shall we continue seeing that grace may abound? So, so far, they are getting wrong. They are taking to an extreme, and we should be cautious of this. We are saved by grace. But this grace has saved us so that we produce good works. And it is on the basis of the good works that the Father will reward us. Amen. Amen. So, Behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give to every man according as his work shall be. So it's what you sow, you reap. So don't overemphasize grace. Amen? Amen. We want to be Christ-like in character and charisma. Charisma means the anointing. We want to be anointed like Christ too. The power to follow as well. We should desire the character and the charisma. And how can we do this? It's by the Holy Ghost. If you are not baptized in the Holy Ghost, you cannot be dreaming about the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. You ask yourself, am I baptized in the Holy Ghost? It's not that when you are born again, because some people have this belief that when you are born again, you are baptized also in the Holy Ghost. It's true you have the Holy Spirit, because without the Holy Spirit, you couldn't have been born again in the first place. But after you are now born again, you need to be baptized. Immersed. Baptism means immersion. But because we agree with baptism to be fully immersed. So if you are not baptized in the Holy Ghost, you need to ask God because it's free gift. It's God's free gift to Christians so that we'll be empowered to do what we ought to do in Jesus' name. I want to read from uh, Brother Friedman's writing talking about the will of God. I don't read this passage. Say, Yea, I shall pour out my spirit until your ears hear like mine, and your eyes see like my eyes, and your mind like mine, love, and your hands like my hands of power. Behold, when the hour comes, I will prepare my people suddenly. Watch, saith the word. God Jesus bless the word. Amen. Brothers and sisters, it's not that I have arrived at perfection before. Uh, that's not the reason why I'm speaking to you. It's God laid it in my heart to preach this message. It's for my benefit and for your benefit. But if you think, oh, just being a Christian is coming to church, 
and like we do maybe once a week, that kind of thing, you miss it. Christianity should be reflected in your lifestyle at work, at home. Why even in the why why you are you are away from the house in the school, wherever Christianity is practical. So we can't afford to live double standard. When we are in the church, we'll be like angels. But when we are out in the world, we say, oh, when you are a Roman, behave like a Roman. That's wrong. Don't conform to this world. Amen. Amen. May the Lord help you, may the Lord help me to conform to the image of Jesus Christ. Amen. There are the benefits of Christ likeness. Number one, we become living epistles. There are some people who cannot read and write. And maybe the Lord will have Bibles. But you are the Bibles that we read. For that reason, it's important for us to become Christ-like. We glorify God in our lives as a chosen peculiar people if we become Christ-like. And we are guaranteed to reign with him eternally. Jesus Christ shall reign as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen. And we shall reign with him a thousand years too. We fulfill God's purpose in creation, creating us to be conformed to the image of Christ. You read Romans 8, 29 to 30, you see that. So at this time, I want to pray. I want to pray for every one of us that the Lord will help us. I want to take the Christian race for granted. Even in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, God expects you to shine. That's what you must know. In Philippians 2.15, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation such as this, shine forth in Jesus' name. Amen. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you, my brothers and sisters, you heard your word about Christ being formed in us and how we should seek to become Christ-like. Help every one of us, Lord, that this word we have heard We don't just pass through one year and come out the other way, but to benefit us throughout our life, in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, some are weak, straight them. Some are being tempted even at this time, oh God. Help them to make the right decision in the name of Jesus. Those who are hurting, Lord, comfort them because you are the comforter yourself in the name of Jesus. There be anyone, oh Lord, that is sick, I pronounce healing upon their bodies in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Receive healing in the name of Jesus. We make every which whole in Jesus' name. Because the power to save, the same power to heal. And Jesus is right here to meet your every need. Take it by faith, and it shall be well with you in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise Him. Please come back. We serve. God Almighty. We serve. Everyone that adore angels bow before What a mighty God we serve.